You may not know, and you may know. We are in uh, about halfway through, a little bit more, uh, the season of Lent. Right? Anybody give anything up? Gave up what? <laughs> no, no, you don't have to say it again. <laughs> I was just asking. All right. So, the purpose of the season of Lent is that we start to observe that there's 40 days before we acknowledge the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? And so what's customary for Christians is to give something up throughout that 40-day period. And it's supposed to symbolize a couple of things. It's supposed to symbolize when Jesus, first thing it symbolizes when Jesus went into the desert, right, before he began his ministry, and he fasted and the devil tempted him, and he abstained in order to purify himself so that he could begin his ministry kind of clean slaters, right? Not that there was anything stained about him. And then the second reason is that we observe this and we, and, and we have to give something up as a sacrifice. And that that sacrifice that we, that we go throughout this period of 40 days should be something that, that, that's going to be tough to give up. All right? Because Jesus gave it all, didn't he? And so... The season is not asking you to give it all, it's just asking you to give up some. And so people do different things throughout this period of time. They, they give up social media, they give up drinking. I don't know a lot of people that give that up. Give up maybe watching certain TV shows. Smoking. So I gave up coffee. And, and I gotta tell you, I, yeah, so you, I heard you in the back. I heard he said, oh, Lord, listen, I should have asked you to pray for me, brother, because the first three days, whoo, that one almost took me out. And, and so I have an unhealthy obsession with coffee. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I do. I, it's, it's unhealthy. Um, I love coffee. I don't, I don't add anything to it. I drink it. I, I used to teach elementary school. I used to tell my kids I like my coffee like I like myself, black and bitter. All right. And so, um, I love coffee. And so I gave it up. But here's, here's my struggle. I'm 27 days in now, 28 days in, and I'm kind of feeling all right. Right? The withdrawals are gone. I'm not angry. My kids like me again. And, and, and I, I'm sleeping a little better. A little bit, a little bit, right? And uh, I started drinking tea. I'm going British, pinkies up, right? Drinking tea, right? And, and, and on occasion, I'll have a cup of decaf. Just for the taste of it, right? So I, I'm, I'm doing all right. I, I'm doing all right. I'm surviving the, the, the not drinking coffee thing. So here's, here's my dilemma. Do I go back? Do I, do I go back and drink coffee again we ain't taking a vote don't encourage me behind me Satan my dilemma is this I know that the coffee's unhealthy for me and if anything that you stop doing hurts as much as withdrawing from caffeine like if it if it hurts it can't be good for you so why 
Why? Why? Why would I go back? Now I could tell myself, I could tell myself, I'm not going to drink as much as I did the last time. So I'm on average about a 20 ounce or a day, three, four, five, six cups of coffee a day, right? And I could say, okay, I'm going to commit to one cup of coffee a day. I could, I could tell myself that. And I might be good at it for a couple of days. I might, I might persevere, but it's just going to be a matter of time before I'm back up to the same thing and I'll forget the pain that I went through when I first withdrew from it, right? I'll forget how uncomfortable it is. I'll even get back to spending the money I don't have to drink, you know, really, really good coffee on, on, on certain days. And so as I'm wrestling with this in my own mind, I'm thinking about a passage of scripture and it comes out of the book of 1 John and it's chapter two. See, there's also a very popular saying that Christians have, and they say, be in the, be, be in the world, but not of it. Right? Be in the world and not of it. And, and so, you gotta think about what that means. And, and so, it's in, the, it's in the Bible in a couple of different places. Jesus says it, but I wanna refer to the first letter of John. That's 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. That's the one I wanna talk about today. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. Now you listen to that and you're like, what is that? How does that even make any sense? How, how, can you, how can it say here in scripture, if anyone loves the world, they have no love for the Father? Father created the world, right? Trees, good. Flowers, good. Right? Nice breeze, good. Beach, good. How, how can coffee good? <laughs> now, now you're just shooting arrows. Now you're just shooting arrows. All right. All right. <laughs> Verse 15. Verse 16 elaborates on it. It says, for everything in the world. Here we go. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. And the pride of life. These are the things in the world that he's talking about. These things are not from the Father. They are from the world. Now listen to this. The world and its desires pass away. They go away. They die. But he who does the will of God lives forever. He who does the will of God. Hey, you. Yep. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking to me. Carry on, baby. All right. So, man, everybody trying to throw me off today. So let me elaborate a little bit. The lust of the flesh. Dr. Tony Evans speaks on the lust of the flesh. He says, to eat food is good. That's godly. It's godly provision. Gluttony, however, that's a lust. Right? There's no control. I have to have it. Lust of the eyes. Now that, that immediately wants you to turn towards something sexual, right? And maybe. And sex is good. God wrote a whole book on it called Song of Solomon. Nothing wrong with sex. There's something wrong with us in how we perceive sex. 
and how we chase after sex and how we crave sex and, and, and what we do to get it and who lays waste while it's happening. That is lust. Lust of the eyes also pertains to material things. Jealousy for somebody else's stuff. Amen. Wanting to hoard up all kinds of stuff. Amen. Taking something from your neighbor. Amen. Right? Then there's probably the deepest sin and I think the root of all sin and that's pride. Right? And pride is just simply the absence of humility, right? And so these things are not of the Father. And so I think of all of these things and I think of who God created us to be. And I think of how he created this world to be and what it was in and of his design and how little of that remains. And how we, the creation closest to his heart, we tend to worship creation more than we worship the creator. Even coffee. Because let me show you a little, let me give you a little rabbit trail, right? I drink too much coffee, then I can't sleep at night. I can't sleep at night, then I can't wake up in the morning like I want to. And if I can't wake up in the morning like I want to, then I lose my time with God. Whether I'm reading scripture, whether I'm sitting there listening to worship music, when I'm trying to sit in silence and reflect on God's word, I'm losing out. Now that's a small scale. So now I want you to think about if you were to give something up for Lent, what would it be? Would it be something that you're just giving up because it's Lent and I gotta give up something? Are you thinking about what's the lust of your flesh? What's the lust of your eyes? How does your pride attack you and turn yourself into your own worst enemy? And then I want you to think of this, that God says he does not want you in the world because you are not of this world. You were to walk through this world as an alien, as a stranger in this world, partaking, participating, but not of it, not immersed in it not aligning yourself to the desires of your flesh. I ain't talking about anything new. When you read through the Old Testament, the nation of Israel, time and time and time again, lost this battle to lust. They worshiped other gods only because they wanted other women. That's a twofer right there. They forgot the obedience and the will of God because they made themselves their own God and lived by their own laws and by their own design. And so I'm struggling. I'm struggling because drinking coffee is not a big deal. But what it represents in my life is something that's given me pause. It's something that's forcing me to reconcile within myself. What am I gonna do? 
after April 7th and we celebrate Easter. Am I gonna go out and get a cup of coffee? Am I gonna fill my cabinets back up with some choice beans? Or am I gonna continue to abstain? Because scripture also says that God wants to refine us. And much like gold gets boiled down and all the yucky stuff comes up to the top and then gets skimmed off and what's left is priceless, that's what God's trying to do. So now I gotta rethink this whole Lent thing. And what I'm thinking, the flesh isn't liking, but the spirit's recognizing I'm needing. And that means every year, I'm gonna give something up. But I'm not gonna give up on what I give up. Does that make sense? Should I say it one more time for the people in the cheap seats? I'm not gonna give up on what I gave up on. And so I don't, I don't believe I'm gonna have another cup of coffee. And, and, I'm, and I'm already thinking about what else in my life I don't need in it. And so I impress this upon you guys. Yeah, we're 25 days in, but you know, better late than not at all. What is it in your life that you need to give up? What is it in your life that you're holding on to that would really feel like a sacrifice if you gave it up? And then if you're the believing kind, then if you call Jesus your Lord and Savior, I want you to think about what he gave up for you. He gave it all. Scripture also says that we have not sacrificed, that's us, that's me and you, to the point of shedding blood. And so Jesus as a man came down here to live a life to show us that we could live a life that resembles his. And then he left and he left the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us to do just that. And then he gave us the promise of an eternity forever with our Lord and Father. And so I encourage you all, give it up and then don't give up on giving up. Can I get an amen? amen. All right, I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna get this meal underway. I thank y'all so much for your patience. Dear God, we come to you today, some of us, thinking about the sacrifice you offered up your son for and we celebrate it on April 7th. But it's something we should be celebrating every day because, because of that sacrifice, Lord, every day is a clean slate for us. Every day is a new beginning for us. Every day is an opportunity to look to you and ask you to help us and to guide us to be better than we were yesterday. And God, I know you don't ask a lot, not as much as people think, but you do ask that we try, that we try obedience and see how it fits. That we try aligning ourselves with your will for our lives and see how that works out. Now, I can't speak for a lot of other people, but I can speak for myself and say, Lord, you have honored my obedience. Even as I struggle with my own disobedience. 
So Lord, I thank you for your patience. Thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy and your grace. Um, and I thank you for coffee. Even though I might not drink it again, it was good the time I had with it. I'll try not to mourn it. But Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters here that lent me a gentle ear. And I thank you for the food that's prepared. And I pray this food will sustain their bodies as your word does their souls. Lord, I love you and I thank you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you all so much for your time. This podcast was recorded live and uncut at our Homeless Food Share events. To learn more about Straight Street, visit our website at straightst.org.